We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 19th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. With me, like every Tuesday, is Jake Latarski. It's waiver wire time. And uh, Jake, there was some carnage in week two. Yeah, carnage all over the place. Uh, not so much with first couple round draft picks, but tight end position, man. That's the roughest one this week. Uh, pretty much four out of the top five preseason ranked, at least, uh, are, are dealing with some type of ailment. And hopefully we can help you sort this out along with uh, help improving the rest of your roster this week. Not hopefully. Guaranteed, right? Definitely. No oh, yeah. mistakes we got ever. You. We got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you got to still listen to us and you got to still make the moves. So, you know, hopefully we lead you in the right direction. We will we will lead you in the right direction. We'll stick to that. Yes, there would be a much higher fee for this podcast if you needed us to go make your pickups for you, everybody. Um, real quick, Andrew Luck ruled out for week three. What's your uh, what's your worry level right now? Obviously, it's higher, but any higher yeah. than last week, really? Yeah, well, selfishly, I, I'm worried zero because I just stayed away from it. And, whew, you know, I, I know not everyone can can say the same. So, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous because, you know, the Colts aren't exactly playing all that well. And, and, and who knows what incentive they'll have to rush him back at any point. All right, everybody, we want to thank Fanball, as always, for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out now, fanball.com. Um, Twitter, Jake's at Jakeski52. I'm at Jhelpin37. 
If you want to tweet us elsewhere, you can go at Rotowire or at Rotowire NFL. And we're always on Facebook if you want to check us out there. Let's start with quarterbacks. Um, we, we, we want to start this segment with cuts, right? Like who, who is <laughs> expendable for you at this point? I mean, at this point, I've seen enough from a guy like Andy Dalton, someone who I thought could have been a viable quarterback too, at least with a weapon like AJ Green could have been a viable, maybe plug and play type guy. I'm just not necessarily seeing it this this year so far. And, and there's been little, you know, I'm not seeing a whole lot that suggests he's going to turn it around either. So he's one guy that I'm probably letting go in exchange for maybe another t- middle tier guy with a better matchup this week. Yeah, it's funny. Dalton was one of the guys. I was a weight on quarterback guy, even more than most people in our business, which we always mm-hmm. wait on quarterbacks. And Dalton was one of the guys that I kind of liked in that spot. But the good thing about doing that is since your investment was not big, you can just start streaming and picking people up. I mean, I know it's not easy. You know, sometimes you're, you're, you're trusting mm-hmm. guys that aren't that good in general. You're just trusting matchups, but it can work that way. Um, who, who are you looking to pick up this week? Is there any, is there a big stream at quarterback this week? A, a, a super logical, hey, I got to go get that guy. You know, not not necessarily. I'm looking through the matchups right now a little bit, and and you're looking at at the bottom third of the rankings here. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust Goff on a, a short week, even though he's against the 49ers. I mean, uh, Flacco against the Jaguars. The Jaguars may be a, a mediocre team, but a really good defense, so that he I rule him out as a stream option. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, who's typically falls in that stream tech, uh, category, he goes up against the Broncos, even though he's at home. I, I wouldn't rush out to get him either. So there aren't there aren't any jump candidates. But uh, I, I do I do like that you mentioned Trevor Simeon at, after his big week last week uh, that that maybe he's someone to take a look at against the Bills. All right. Um, yeah, he could. The Bills defense, I got to say, as, as bad as the as much as the Panthers offense struggled, the Bills offense looked kind of frisky. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, Bills defense. Sorry. So, yeah, well, yeah. The off, there wasn't a whole lot of points in that game period. No. So I guess you could say, yeah, it was awful. But the Bills defense is good. The, the other one, if Bradford's back. Would you go there against the um, against the Buccaneers? Actually, I mean, I could see that. It depends how confident he is. I mean, uh, the over under on that game hasn't been set yet because of the whole Bradford question here. And he's it's he's supposed to just have a bone bruise, which would be good news. But the whole surprise inactive thing last week worries me. So if you're making moves today and picking Bradford up, I don't know how much you can fully count on him. So, uh, you know, but maybe looking around and backing him up with another bid, if anything, but be ready to make a swap in case we get, you know, some kind of surprising turn of events again. Okay. Now, uh, if you go in a little deeper leagues, let's say leagues where you start two quarterbacks, is anybody on your radar? Maybe not someone who's (laughs) going to, you're going to plug in this week, but, but people you're keeping an eye on. I mean, Keenum would be someone, you know, if Bradford's out, of course, that uh, that could that, that's a potential option here. And, uh, you know, maybe you're looking out ahead if, if it's a two quarterback league or you're in dynasty format to someone like Mitch Trubisky. I don't know how much longer they're going to stick with Glennon in Chicago after another pretty rough showing. So maybe looking at some of those guys and we mentioned Dalton struggling, you know, we'll see how the Bengals season goes, if they can show any kind of semblance of getting it together here. But maybe you're even on A.J. McCarron watch. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, The other one I wanted to ask you about is Deshaun Watson. Now, they're playing at New England this week. Watching Deshaun Watson Thursday night, and I I talk about this with Derek on on Friday. He's not – he doesn't appear ready to be an NFL quarterback to me. And, you Mm -hmm. know, smarter people than me have, you know, broken down the tape and they're kind of like, wow, he just – he looks kind of skittish and, you know, he's he's just – he's not there yet. But he's going to play. 
Yeah. And and he looks like at this point, partially maybe because he's not quite ready or polished or whatever you want to call it, he, he looks like he's going to tuck it and run. Mm-hmm. And from a fantasy standpoint, that's pretty good. Yeah, so, that, so you, that'll actually help. That, that that helps a whole lot because, you know, in, in the first, let's see, the two games of the year, you know, the first game he didn't quite play the full game. He had 16 rushing yards with the five for 67 rushing on the Thursday night game in Cincinnati. That brings up your floor, you know, already up five points. And even if you have a very, very poor showing, uh, you know, you're still getting 15 points. And that makes him at least on the radar in two quarterback leagues. I mean, I'm sure he's owned in two quarterback leagues, as is most quarterbacks who are starting. But, yeah, the, the rushing yards always help a quarterback like that. So, you know, I'm not feeling great about starting Deshaun Watson. Even though it's on the road in New England, I could see there maybe being a little bit of garbage time factor in the end while he starts to get more reps and, you know, maybe they're down 20 points or so. But, uh, but yeah, overall, he's someone that, that you want to watch, maybe not get excited about. But, you know, there's still unique situations in which he'd be used. Yeah, he's uh, that, that 48, 49-yard touchdown run was, was beautiful. That made you say, wow, that guy can really run. He's not mm-hmm. just a quarterback who's sort of mobile. He's really mobile. Um, all right, everybody, you know, you've tried daily, daily fantasy sports, right? And, you know, you had fun and you liked the competition and you lost and lost some more. Kind of like that's happened to me. Um, the sharks in the pool kind of crushed you and, and it probably discouraged you about playing daily fantasy. But it's supposed to be fun. So we're here to tell you about a new approach to daily fantasy sports, the fanball number at fanball.com. Here's the fanball difference. Your fanball number identifies your skill level and ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If your fanball number is 35, you're not going to be playing against experts rated in the 80s and 90s. They have their own contests. At fanball.com, every player has a fanball number and every contest has a fanball number. So you can find a contest rated right where you are, knowing that it will have players just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the fanball number. At fanball.com, have more fun and a better chance to win. That's fanball.com. All right, we're going to go to running back. Um... Who's uh, Eddie Lacy? See ya, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be waving that. You know, that's a by Felicia situation right there. Uh, you know, a healthy scratch when they went with you know Chris Carson and Thomas Rawls o- over him. I, I think you can you can pretty safely cut bait at this point. Yeah, and that's funny. That that was a what fourth round pick at some point in the summer for some people. Yeah, some people really like that. People people see him and his body type and think, "Ooh, maybe I'll get Marshawn Lynch." But you know, they're not realizing that they're getting maybe a Marshawn Lynch that is much more injury prone and much more out of shape. And and this is what they end up with. You know, I I remember railing last year. Remember that whole thing before last season when it was the Eddie Lacy did P ninety X and he's hanging out with Tony Horton. Do you remember that whole deal? Yeah, I know. But when you mix that with a lot of Culver's, it's a burger chain up in Wisconsin. <laughs> it's just it's just not going to end well for you. Right. I've seen this before. Eddie Lacy. All the, so for so for 90 days, he was healthy. And now I'm supposed to buy into this whole thing with him. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else? You, you know, you sent me the list of guys. LeGarrette Blunt is a is a worrisome proposition right now. You didn't invest a ton in him, but you kind of hope for more mm-hmm. than this. I know I did. Yeah, no, you were thinking maybe around an eight to, t- to tenth round pick. That would actually have been a value. And I thought maybe he would be OK really, really early in camp. But then when we started to see some of the preseason and, and how they started to shake things out in that Philadelphia backfield, like Eric Blunt is just not the type of back that Doug Peterson would traditionally use in his offense that likes the off tackle runs. So I, I, I thought maybe. Wendell Smallwood would have a bigger role this year. We haven't seen that yet, but it was Darren Sproles that actually dominated the carries. And I'm not sure how long that that that, that distribution is going to keep up here. But but it's pretty clear that uh, LeGarrette Blunt, especially in a game where they find themselves trailing at any point um, or, or for a, a larger part of the game, I, I think 
that they're not going to use him a whole lot. So he he's a back that they'll use when they're ahead and they need to run some clock. He might be still get some goal line situation, but played just six snaps on Sunday. So that's not not looking good for me. Yeah, that's that's not half the time. That's six snaps, people. Mm-hmm. Awful. Um, all right. If, if you're looking to pick up at this position this week, who's top of your list? Well, you have to look at availability. And of course, there's a lot of guys that we talked about last week that would still be at the top of our list. You know, most notably would be someone like Tarek Cohen, though. I saw his ownerships up to about 86 percent. So chances of getting him are slim. We talked about Buck Allen last week. He's up to 56 percent. He might be top uh, of my list this week. Um, someone someone to look at. And, uh, and then, of course, there's Chris Carson, Eddie Lacy's replacement. And I could very much see making this move. On the waiver wire, drop Lacey, add Carson, bid, you know, maybe 15 to $20 at this point because he's been one of the top. He's like the sixth highest graded halfback by Pro Football Focus, and and he's somebody that looks like he's going to have a role moving forward. We'll see. Maybe Thomas Rawls isn't 100% quite yet, and they get more of an even split, but Carson probably should be on everyone's radar. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, look, if, if ProSize is going to play on third downs and Carson's going to run well, why are you going to mess with that by mixing Rawls in there that much? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they were, you know, they've been hesitant with Rawls in the past here, and and it looks like that that's going to continue here. So don't mess with a good thing. I mean, four point seven yards per carry against the Niners. So I I do like him as someone that you know, if he gets fifteen twenty carries a game, you know, he's going to end up in RB two status by the end of the year. Um, you mentioned Buck Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrence West got banged up a little bit. Alex Collins came in. Any any interest? I don't have a lot of interest there. Do you? Yeah. See, you know, I, I already mentioned the the PFF grades in this once, but Collins actually graded out negatively. And part of that was just, you know, them kind of having a comfortable lead and not really wanting to push it a whole lot. Uh, I think it, when they're in games where they're going to have to keep up on offense, we're going to see a lot more Buck Allen. And, and once Terrence West becomes healthy, I guess, you know, that's a situation to monitor rotowire.com for earlier in the week. He could easily enter this week three with a questionable designation here. And the fact that it's unspecified is a little bit concerning. Uh, We'll learn more information this week and see about Terrence West. But if anything, that does more for Buck Allen needing to be owned in just about all formats for me than it does for someone like Alex Collins. That's more of a speculative 16 teamer ad for me. All right. um, Fat Rob Kelly was running well uh, Mm -hmm. at the Rams. Then he got hurt. Um, it's a rib injury. Sounds like it's not. They, they were worried that it was going to be a fracture and it's not. We should know mm-hmm. more Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, P. Ryan came in, ran to what? 21 for 67. Because you see, when you, it's funny, you, you see that if you just looked at the box score, you saw 21 rushes. Oh my God. Because um, mm-hmm. a lot of people really believed in P. Ryan for the season, but Kelly ran well. If Kelly's healthy, is he still the guy? I mean, P. Ryan was just, you know, it's not like he was super productive in this case. I mean, I would rather have someone like P. Ryan on my bench than someone like Eddie Lacy on my bench, for example. You know, you're always looking to improve your roster from top to bottom. And I do think that P. Ryan is athletically superior to Rob Kelly. You know, I I, I sit next to our, our own Mario Puig in the office and he's always talking about what these guys did in college, how they how they measured at the combine. And, and he's just shocked. Yeah, he's just shocked that. Uh, that, that Kelly still started to start the year. Now, Piran didn't look great in the preseason. And of course he didn't get a single touch in week one. So there's uh there's, there's some concern there. Um, but 
once he had, once he kind of gets a grasp on the playbook and gets more comfortable in that offense and, and and comfortable with the speed of the game, I think there's a midway point in the season where Piran does take over. And you know, we didn't see the greatest showing given given that opportunity last week, but 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 I still think that it'll come because he's a better athlete and a better back than Rob Kelly. And once the coaching staff will eventually realize that uh, that that switch will be made. Now it might not happen this soon because we don't know about Kelly's injury. It's a rib cartilage injury, like you said, probably didn't break, but uh, but even. Eventually, P. Ryan is someone. Maybe I don't go and jump out and ha- and pick him to, to to start week three. Uh, they have the Sunday night game against Oakland this week. Um, but someone that needs should be occupied on a bench spot. I didn't drop him after week one, and I'm not going to drop him after week two, of course. Now, so he's someone that you know. If someone did cut bait too quick, uh, there's a lot of upside for the second half of the season there. All right, you mentioned Oakland. Um, the Raiders won huge against the Jets. That gave Jalen Richard a little time, and you know, he. Uh, he he certainly uh, what what did Crash Dave what did Nucleus used to say in Bull Durham announce his presence with authority um, yeah exactly fifty two yard touchdown run for Jalen Richard he goes six for fifty eight on the ground two for fifty one through the air um, mm-hmm. I I think a lot of us I know I I was not a Lynch believer in the mm-hmm. preseason and right now yeah though though I can't say I'm confident he will last the season my my worries about his effectiveness seem to have been incorrect. Um, with that said, yeah. y- he's the type of guy you want to keep backups on your radar for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, I thought it was going to be DeAndre Washington at, at, at the start of the year. Uh, and maybe some of this is attributed to game flow a little bit. But, you know, Washington and Jalen Richard are guys that probably aren't owned. You don't need to go out with an aggressive bid. You know, it's kind of an end of your bench type type bid. But they're more guys that I put in, you know, watch list territories. Just about every fantasy football format or subscription website, you know, has a little flag or a way to add these players to a watch list just so you can follow their updates and and see right away. You know, be the first to know if you're in a first come, first serve waiver league and and just keep an eye on their progress, how they're doing week to week. And, and at the very least, he's a watch list guy in a deeper format throw a small bid down on there just because of the long-term potential. Yeah, I, I'm still, I think I was, I was leaning Washington over Richard in the preseason. Mm-hmm. As was I. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I wasn't happy about that touchdown. I got to tell you. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's a little murky now. Both of those guys though are roughly, you know, they're, they're closer to equivalent than what they were, you know, a month ago, I guess you could say. Right. Um, everybody with football, two weeks in the books of the NFL season, it's not too late to get closer to the game you love with DraftKings one week fantasy football. This Sunday, DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 pick'em contest that's totally free to enter. Pick'em's the newest way to play one week fantasy football and drafting your team is faster than ever. I, and I agree with that. I tried it over the weekend and it was actually the only thing I won money on. My cast games went down. My pick'em game did pretty well. DraftKings has organized players into eight tiers. All you have to do is select one player from each tier. Choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of your friends. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill levels. And the best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment. You don't need to worry about Eddie Lacy anymore if you drafted him in July or August. So get to DraftKings.com now and use promo code WIRED to play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes. This Sunday, $100,000 in total prizes. That's promo code WIRE to compete for your share of $100,000 in total prizes. The contest is totally free to enter, so why wouldn't you give it a shot? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, we're going to get to wide receivers. Um, we got some cut guys here. We got some guys that, are, that have outlived their usefulness for us. Um, one I watched last night. Brandon Marshall, is he on your, on your launch list? 
it, it's it's tough. If it's an eight or a ten teamer, I think you can probably say yeah. goodbye. However, it's not like he wasn't getting the looks. He dropped one long catch and he dropped one touchdown. I mean, it was the touchdown wasn't an outright drop, but a ball that you're very much used to him getting. So the opportunities are there, and there's still you know maybe a chance for him to turn it around. So it's it, it's really tough for me to uh, you know drop a guy with his type of track record, especially when he's getting the looks. I guess we'll wait and see. There's always a chance Manning just loses confidence in him completely, and if that's the case, then you, you know you can probably let him go. But I, I'm maybe waiting this out another week or two, uh, depending on what's out there on the waiver wire, the size of my league, and those types of factors. Did you see the Twitter stuff with the other Brandon Marshall last night? Oh man, that reminds me of MMA when there's a there's a John Jones Twitter account that's totally different from the actual John Jones. But. So great, it was so great. For those of you who didn't see it, um, people people first of all, bad luck everybody to tweet fantasy football commentary at got, at real athletes that you own, telling them that they stink. Just bad. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, no, don't do no that. Good reason for it. So people were tweeting at Brandon Marshall complaining that he wasn't doing anything. Unfortunately, a lot of the people who the people who did it and targeted the Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, mm-hmm. got a bunch of he was just responding saying, oh, yeah, meet me in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably someone you don't want to meet in the parking lot. It was just fantastic. He was having so much fun with it that I, I really hope people keep tweeting him stuff for the other Brandon Marshall because it was really funny. Um mm-hmm. Who else is on your cut list right now that you that you was drafted in a lot of leagues and you don't really have any use for? One guy I liked a lot early, but I'm have softened up on already is, is Josh Doxson of yeah. the Washington Redskins. Uh, he was on the field for 29 snaps, but didn't get a single target. And I, I'm not entirely sure what to make of some of the coach speak that comes out of there. But, you know, it sounds like he needs to maybe put the work in and, and continue to be more familiar with the offense. I mean, Ryan Grant's not starting on the field before he is. So Doxon can probably go. Um, Cleveland has a very interesting situation. Kenny, I mean, they don't have any receivers, really, especially after Corey Coleman, you know, suffered the handbrake and is going to have surgery. Um, maybe that buys Kenny Britt another week, but you were probably starting to think about cutting him anyway. Um, you know, there, there's a couple other guys, you know, Dante Moncrief's in, in murky territory. If you're in a shallow league, I still, I, I really like Dante Moncrief as an athlete and a football player. So I'm not quite ready to cut bait yet, but again, that's very dependent on, on, on where and luck stands at this point and and i know uh people were giving this jay zay jones guy from buffalo a lot of love but he only caught two of his six targets on sunday and he had a very pretty costly drop that could have helped this woeful bills offense score some points that's not going to earn him any favor as far as play calling or with tyrod taylor so you're a shallower format you're banking on jones taking this league by storm as a rookie he might uh end up on your drop list too all right and uh cory coleman by the way broken hand surgery out till probably mid-november mm-hmm. so. and you know i talked about this last night I, I really like what coleman could have done this season i had him in a couple formats but at this point you, you can probably drop him because you know you're looking at coming back week 12 are you really going to start him in the playoffs his first week back from a broken hand are you going to start a bronze receiver in the playoffs you know i'm not necessarily sure I, I you'd pick him up and or you'd start him in that situation so that actually makes him a drop candidate at this point yeah that was a bummer for Corey coleman all right um cardinals not that we think this is going to be a high-powered offense. They're home Monday night against the Cowboys, who are beatable through the air, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. But if you can't really beat the Colts, can't beat the Colts, the Colts through the air, I'm not sure who you can beat really soundly. Um, J.J. Nelson, big week, five for 120 and one. Um, he's 20% ownership. Jerron Brown, 11 targets, didn't put up quite the numbers. Who do you prefer out of those two? I like 
JJ Nelson because his ability to take the top off the uh, the defense here um, with with the Cardinals makes it you know he, he might not be as consistent on a week to week basis but he could actually put up a stat line big enough to win you a week and I know he won a lot of people money in DFS this week five for one twenty in his score he was sitting on my bench in a couple of leagues but he's going to start to be one of those guys that comes into consideration uh, when when bye weeks roll around now you mentioned Jerron Brown eleven targets that's certainly encouraging he you know caught four for seventy three um, but you know I, I think I'm shooting for the for the stars with that wide receiver three and I'm hoping that we can get a a long JJ Nelson catch. And he's someone who I was kind of targeting in the later last couple of rounds of leagues. He was going undrafted in some, uh, but he's one of those guys that is is absolutely sticking around my rosters. And at only twenty percent owned, he should be someone you should be thinking about adding to yours. And, and those guys on the Cardinals, by the way, John Brown missed week two, expected to miss week three as well at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagles, Tory Smith's alive. Yep, that's nice. I like Tory Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's someone that is is reasonable to own in, in a deeper format. I mean, the eight targets is encouraging more than twice as much as Nelson Aguilar, who a lot of people were on last week. Now, Aguilar salvaged the fantasy day by by getting a nine yard touchdown catch. But that was his only catch on three targets. So, you know, and, and of course, game flow may be a little bit different from this one. They did lose to the Chiefs. Uh, so, you know, they were passing to try to catch up a little more. Elshon Jeffrey came alive, and that's really what changed things for uh, a lot of those other uh, pass catching options. And of course, Zach Ertz is always going to be a factor. I think Wentz really likes his tight end. I, I do too. So, you think, uh, did you see that that catch that Ertz made on the deflection was pretty cool? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and yeah. did Wentz just, he blew, mm-hmm. he blew that pass and got so lucky with yeah <laughs> um Tory is Tory Smith the guy you could reasonably I mean could you see starting Tory Smith in a league this week no probably not I, I don't think it's really going to be consistent enough from week to week now maybe they could have continued to build up some rapport and and connect a little bit more often but you know four for 66 even in your PPR leagues that's a 10 point week that's that's a pretty average week and that might be closer to the top end of his weeks than, than the lower end so you know he, he's there just because of the targets and you know if you're trying to play that Smith Aguilar game but you know not someone you confidently start really Okay, back to the Browns. So Coleman out, uh, Britt struggling. Uh, Rashard Higgins, 7 for 95 uh, Mm -hmm. against the Ravens. And the Browns this week, where are the Browns? They're at the Colts. Man, that's, that's a nice spot. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're devastated by injuries or or don't really I mean, if, if you're in a deeper three receiver league, you can throw a couple bucks down on Rashard Higgins. And, and if it's a PPR, especially you can you can hope for like a seven or eight point floor with a little bit more potential there. Uh, we know Kenny Britt, even with now. Now, Kevin Hogan played a lot of this game and maybe there's some of that second team chemistry going on. But uh, Higgins was active this week, uh, you know, over a couple of other guys that were active week one. And he looks like he won that you know, the, the right to be active moving forward here. So he's someone that, yeah, might be able to help, help you out a little bit, especially, you know, when he's going against, you know, the second or third Colts defensive back uh, on that unit. So he, he's a viable target for deeper formats. Starting gets a little dicier just because there are so many receivers, but he needs to be on the radar, especially for Corey Coleman owners. Okay. Um, the bears, we talked about Tarek Cohen earlier and we, we found out, we, we thought before last week that they couldn't throw to Cohen every play. And mm-hmm. we realized that the solution to that was Kendall Wright. Now, in week one, a lot of people speculated, well, Kendall Wright's going to get it. He's going to be a good PPR option. And he didn't really do much in week one. But week two, uh, 10 targets, seven for 69. If you're a PPR owner, I mean, Kendall Wright, 
not much of a ceiling, but the floor actually looks mm-hmm. pretty nice. Yep, there's a there's a roster spot for him as you know more or less a a, a poor poor man's Jarvis Landry, someone who's going to get probably seven eight catches just because of volume, and the, there is some uncertainty if they do decide they're going to go to Trubisky instead of Glennon. You know, that's just me speculating. I don't know if or when that's going to happen. I assume it's going to happen at some point. So that might change things for Kendall Wright. But but the floor makes him rosterable in PPR formats. Okay. Um, Jordy Nelson's 50-50 as of right now. That was that was a Mm -hmm. quote I saw this morning. That is not an official diagnosis. Um, So Jordy Nelson's 50-50 due to hit. What was it? A quad? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Something there was, you know, it looked non-contact at first. You know, I was watching this closely, of course, and uh, but it looks like he might have banged knees with the defender, and it, and they, the knee would have went a little bit above his. So they're calling it a quad injury. It's tough to determine exactly what that is, but I saw the same thing, John, fifty-fifty as of Tuesday morning. All right, uh, Randall Cobb hurt his shoulder. They're saying day to day, but it sounds like things are okay. Um, you always want to invest in an offense like the Packers, and they've got a home game against the Bengals who have been struggling. Um, this gives me an excuse to sing, hey, Geronimo. There you no. go. You got yeah, it? yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I got it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 27, but you know, some of those references I, I can still pick up on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Geronimo Allison, uh, he's someone, of course, not, a, not at all on the fantasy radar. But once you know, you know, you think last year when when those receivers were banged up a little bit, Geronimo is going to be a pretty decent secondary option to Devonte Adams. Of course, Devonte Adams will be the the leading target getter. He's also going to draw you know the best defense in the double coverage here. Randall Cobb, you know, assuming he plays, he's the wide receiver too. He's been playing you know bet, much better than I thought this season. You know, he finished with six for sixty on Sunday night, and that's even with one long catch and one other touchdown called back. So there, there's potential there. But you know the third wide receiver in an Aaron Rodgers offense always gets attention here and and that was Cobb heading into the season and now it's Geronimo Allison if you're if you're in a deeper format and need someone who you can get a couple catches out of um you know we'll see but you're gonna want to watch those the rest of those Packer receivers for injuries and and how long their absence absences are because this could only be a couple week thing where you get utility out of Allison right and and he might be an an option I mean he's one percent owned so you can get him everywhere he, mm-hmm. he might be a guy you can almost use as a handcuff for someone like Jordy. Yes, exactly. If you if you own Jordy and you're not sure if he's going to play or or if the Packers have, you know, you know night games or, or weird, you know, not, you know, not not noon start time games and, and you have to compensate for a last minute swap. He's rosterable for that reason. All right. And by the way, the only the only reason I'm singing stuff like Hey, Geronimo is because my kids listen to it. I would have no idea if it wasn't, you know. Definitely not listen. Thank good. I'm not listening to top 40 if uh, unless I absolutely have to. Um, Anyway. All right. Jets. So. All right. Curse goes four for 64 and two. And everybody kind of goes bananas. But Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this Jets. I mean, first of all, they don't throw a ton. Even even in the loss, they didn't throw a ton. Second, the target distribution. It wasn't like McCown went for curse all the time. He threw six times to curse, five times to Robbie Anderson. Um, Safarian Jenkins comes back. Who the heck knows what happens there? I just, I, I, even though curse had a big game last week, I'm looking at this going, nah, nah. I mean, I, the investment would have to be small for me. Do you like curse more than I do? You know, I, I think we see him roughly equivalently. I, you know, I might, he's starting to lean maybe a little bit over Anderson for me just because 
having some actual experience might help the team be a little bit more comfortable dialing up his number, uh, you know, with Josh McCown. Now, Curse is 27, so it's really tough to compare combine numbers now. Uh, even though Anderson was much faster, uh, Curse actually graded better in both a shuttle and cone drill. So perhaps he's a little bit better at getting open in those tight windows, which is why they look to him in the red zone a little bit. Anderson, more or less someone that you stretch the field with or uh, get the ball to him in space. And then maybe make something happen. So maybe Curse is a little bit better of a red zone option. I'm, from what I've seen so far, if I have to start a wide receiver three, you know, I, I'll, I'll take the production and, and maybe start Curse for the next couple of weeks until that changes. But uh, you know, but you know, it's really close. And and if you're if you're thinking about starting one of these Jets wide receivers here, I, yeah, I might be guessing that you probably start at zero and two as well. Um, starting a Jets wide receiver—that's a cry for help, folks. They're home to the Dolphins, though, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the Patriots, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You got some questionable people. Mm-hmm. Hogan's owned in a ton of leagues. Yeah. Amendola was I, out last week. I mean, you know, I, someone brought up Philip Dorsett to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much actionable, uh, waiver wire moves you can take from this murky injury report. You know, four guys we have is questionable on our website right now. We'll see when the practice reports come out. Um, but like I said, there's not a whole lot of actionable things you can do because Hogan's owned about everywhere. Of course, Cook's bumped up to roughly a first round pick, you know, hasn't quite shown it yet, but this week, upcoming week might be as good of a week as ever for him to do that. And, and yeah, I guess Dorsett is the guy with a little bit of intrigue. He, he was, he was a relatively high draft pick by the Colts and, you know, in the Patriots trade for someone, they usually see something in them and they plan to use them. So, you know, there's, a tiny bit of intrigue if you're in one of those deeper leagues, kind of stash him, see what happens for a week. But he'd also be near the top of your cut list if you need to jump on a better player. So, yeah, slight intrigue, but definitely don't go start him this week. All right. Uh, last one here, the Jags. Speaking of passing games you don't want to invest in, um, Bortles just looks terrible. But someone's got to catch the ball. I mean, you know, we're not everybody as we said, we're not we're not sitting here telling, you know, asking you to choose between Julio Jones and Mike Evans. We're talking about, you know, hey, you have injuries and you need to pick the best available option up. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquise Lee. Not terrible the other day. Um, I mean, with Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson's first game out. Let's see, Marquise Lee goes seven for seventy six which looks mm-hmm. a lot like what he did last year. Actually, it was 13.5 yards of catch last year, which is higher than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Hearns on the other side caught a touchdown and went six for 82 with that score against Titans. They play the Ravens in London Sunday, not the greatest matchup for anybody. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah you, you never, yep. Who do you prefer out of these Jags? If you're in a PPR format, I definitely prefer Marquise Lee. He's going to give you a pretty high floor every week, a 10 to 15 point floor. Uh, you know, maybe not quite Jarvis Landry, Golden Tate type production, but if he continues to get that type of volume, if the Jags continue to find themselves that far behind, which you know wouldn't surprise me a whole lot, uh, then then he's the guy to target in those PPR formats. I think Hearns is more likely to score. Uh, on a week to week basis, uh, you know, a little bit bigger body, I guess, but, uh, but someone, but I don't know. I just like Lee more in those PPR formats. Lee actually becomes startable for me as a wide receiver three Hearns, you know, kind of depends a little bit on, on, on the Jags, you know, being behind and, and ultimately losing by 21 points here. So, uh, I, I like Lee a little bit better just because of the safety, but Hearns is someone that's maybe more likely to, to win you a week with a huge week, you know? Okay, so all these wide receivers, these widely available wide receivers we talked about, who's, who's your top three? 
Well, I go back and look at some of the guys that we mentioned last week. I, I think, you know, Lee and Hearns are still the top guys if they're out there, followed by uh, J.J. Nelson. For me, I like what he can do. And then uh, and then and then Kendall Wright, I guess, would go would go after that for me. You know, I'm, I'm not too into Allison or Curse or, or any of those Pats guys long term. Or Higgins. Is Higgins fit anywhere in there? Higgins, you know, I was uh, I was. Try, debating myself with the number three between Wright and Higgins, I just know more what I'm going to get out of Wright than I'm going to get out of Higgins. So okay. uh, that, that's why Wright sneaks up ahead. Um, Higgins probably worth a small bid, you know, but again, probably not someone you want to pick up and start because it's just been a week. Who knows? See, I think JJ Nelson's my favorite of this whole group. He's he's the guy I'm going to pl- I plug in this week and I'm feeling actually OK about it. Yeah, he might be the number one non PPR option for me. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah. So I, I do see where you're coming from there and I do have some shares. So I hope you're right. All right, everybody. If you won less than you thought last season at Daily Fantasy Football, I mean, it's no fun. It stinks. We get it. We've both been there. Um, you play against, you know, the, the, the big money sharks and they and are a hundred entries in a big tournament and you enter one and, you know, they spend their life doing this and you don't. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not fun. But if you're tired of losing at Daily Fantasy Football, check out Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. Let's Rumble, that's Rumble without an E, matches you with players of the same skill level, giving you a fair chance every time. You can play head-to-head for your best chance of winning or group up to play multiple rivals for a bigger payout. Rank in the weekly leaderboards to win free cash prizes. You heard that right. Free cash prizes awarded every week. All you have to do is play the game and you'll be entered in the leaderboards. Your highest score will determine your spot that week. Download Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store now and get a free $5 bonus with your deposit. That's Let's Rumble in the Apple App Store. Free $5 bonus with your deposit. Let's Rumble. Thanks a lot, Let's Rumble. All right, tight ends. This is this is where the action is, Jake. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is where this is what the listeners are tuning in for this week to see right. how we recommend. You know, we these owners deal with these really brutal situations. It's it's a it's a shared pain because pretty much everybody, unless you went for Zach Ertz, <laughs> is struggling with your top end tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gronk's hurt, Graham's hurt, Olson's out for two months. Um, Reed's not looking great. Uh, who were I mean, Olsen's got, I mean, I shouldn't say who yeah. worries you the most. Olsen's a, that's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really tough pick because over the years he's been one of the safest fantasy tight ends. That's why he checks in, you know, at the top three or four every year, because he's someone that you count on for production has been staying healthy. Not the case this year. Um, I'm not quite as concerned about Gronk as I normally would be. He seemed to really downplay that. Uh, Reed, of course, I'm always concerned about. He's dealt with so many shoulder-type sprains and injuries in the past, and I feel like that could be aggravated really easily. Graham, the injury doesn't sound overly serious yet, but you haven't gotten squat from production from him anyway, even when healthy. So, you know, I'm just as worried about him, you know, production and and role-wise in the offense as I am for any injury-related reasons. Right. And Jordan Reed, they're saying they're calling day to day. It doesn't sound too bad. Um, It's not the AC joint. It's the SC joint. And I don't know. I fell fell a few classes short of my medical degree. So but (laughs) from what I understand, it's not quite as serious. Who are you looking to on the wires with all? I mean, there's lots of options. The good thing about tight end is, I mean, you're not going to pick up any superstars, but Mm -hmm. you can pick up guys that are going to go four for 50. And, exactly. And, and, and think they're probably going to be OK. Who who's who stands out to you this week? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the first guy that came up on my list was Gronk's immediate replacement in Dwayne Allen. Now, normally I wouldn't get super excited about Dwayne Allen, uh, but with the health of the rest of the receiving core. I think, uh, you know, Brady might need someone to throw to in the end zone. Teams are going to 
clue in here on, on Gilsley getting every single one of those short yardage plays, although they haven't been able to stop it yet. I think Dwayne Allen has a pretty decent chance of, of reaching the end zone this week if Gronk is limited in any way. So uh, if you're a Gronk owner, you pick up Dwayne Allen now just so you can do a swap if you feel you need to, and, and he'd be the guy for me. But uh, another guy that came up was someone who really showed himself on Monday night, and that was Evan Ingram, looking very athletic, yep. leading the team in targets, someone that Eli Manning can actually trust, as opposed to Brandon Marshall dropping balls left and white, right, and in Odell Beckham Jr., that's still at less than 100%. Um, yeah, Ingram, 24% ownership, and, and it certainly looks like he's going to be f- fairly heavily involved in that offense. Um, Ed, Ed Dixon is probably the guy in Carolina. I think they like Ed Dixon. I mean, they play him in two tight end sets they have for a while. He, he doesn't catch a ton of balls, but they look to him sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. With Olsen out, you, you'd think he's he's going to get a little busier, maybe a lot busier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd definitely uh, be a little bit better. I mean, he he didn't have really great run blocking uh, grades in week two, but you know now he gets to have all of a sudden a little bit maybe more role in the passing game. But again, for me, he lines up as one of those four for fifty guys. Like I'm in a sixteen team league where Greg I had Greg Olson, and you know he didn't have a buy till much later in the year, so I didn't even bother to get a second tight end. You know, if uh, if I don't hit on any of my bids, I could find myself grabbing someone like Dixon, but not feeling great about it. All right, and uh, Dixon, every tight end's best friend is the New Orleans Saints, and the Saints mm-hmm. come to Charlotte on Sunday. So uh, maybe that, if if you're trying to pick between a lot of these guys we're discussing, that could tip the scales in Dixon's favor. Um, otherwise, I mean, sounds like Reed's going to be okay, so you wouldn't want to bid much, mm-hmm. if anything, on Vernon Davis. Yeah, he's only been targeted once once each week, so there, there's not a whole lot to like there, you know, especially as he starts to get up there. He's 33 now. Um, what's the deal? Where, what's the latest? I'm looking at it right now. Seeing the latest on Tyler Eifert. Um, back and knee injuries. We don't know if he's going to play this week. What a disaster this position is. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really tough. And and it's not like you know any of those other backups like Croft or Zoma jump out at you. Those are you know maybe two for twenty five guys that that you know you'd really have to be in a pinch to pick up. So you know you're looking at, at you're still having to look at other options outside of of the team here because not, neither Croft or Zoma really profile as real big pass catching guys. Uh, one guy who I don't mind you know looking back over to the Rams is uh, Gerald Everett is another rookie. Uh, he looks like he's more of a pass catcher than uh, than Tyler Higby their other tight end pick there and and. Everett did have the 69 yard catch. He was only targeted three times, but he was efficient three for 95. And if Goff's improving, then maybe there's a, maybe there's a spot for Everett uh, on a fantasy roster. He was someone who I was early in the season would take as about my 19th or 20th round pick in a best ball format. Right. You know, where you don't do the lineups here. And now he's looking like he might start to pay something off, you know, a little bit of risky. Of course, there's always some inherent risk with uh, the rookie tight ends like that. But uh, did flash some big playability, and, and maybe there's a decent amount of upside pick. I like him as you know maybe a four to six dollar bid, yeah, as mu- as much, but uh, but not quite as much as Ingram or Allen. All right, so uh, the Ravens. So the Ravens had such a muddled tight end situation that nobody wanted anything to do with it in before the season. In week two, Max Williams goes four for twenty one, which you know I mean for a guy you're you, if you're dumpster diving on the waiver wire for a tight end, it's not the worst thing ever. Ben Watson, eight targets, eight catches, 91 yards. Is it time to get Ben Watson kind of back in the in in the usable tight end mix? He always finds his way into the fantasy conversation year yep. after year, has, has a big game or two, and, and he shows he can. 
but I'm not ready to put a whole lot of stock in, into a 36 year old tight end. So, um, I, I guess it's a position that there's a little bit more longevity, you know, with your guys like Witten and the long careers of Gonzalez and Gates and whatnot. But I am writing this off as more of a, of a this week thing instead of a pattern moving forward. He's still on the radar because like we mentioned, five of the top six guys are gone. But, uh, you know, I, I like all those guys we talked about a little bit more. And, you know, the, the next guy up on our list, Zach Miller, is someone who also is, is, is probably more viable. Yeah, Miller, uh, nine targets, right? Yeah. Um, what do you have? How many catches did he have? I don't have that in front of me. Sorry. He only he only had six for 42. So okay. and not great in terms of efficiency or yards or yards per catch. But at the same time, he's someone that I think will be reliable and and uh, you know, will give you a pretty reasonable floor each and every week. He's only five percent on. You can go get him. Um, yeah. I, I would be just because, you know, the the Bears need somebody to move the chains. And, you know, defenses are going to start to key in on Kendall, right? Especially if, you know, Marcus Wheaton is, isn't healthy still. You know, I'm not I'm not looking. You know, Deontay Thompson scored a touchdown for him. But I think I mentioned this last week. Guys like Deontay Thompson, Josh Bellamy, those are special teams guys on 29 rosters in the league right now. So, you know, Owen, right? But they, they, they need someone. And I think Miller's going to be the actual receiver that's going to be best for them in the red zone. All right. And uh, Watson, but you said Miller's 5% on Watson's 2% owned. if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, the other... Yep. The last one, the two Browns. Um, Joku got a touchdown, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Hogan hit him. I mean, you know, four targets, 27 yards. The touchdown was nice. It was 20, 23 yards. Um, Seth DeVal, the first week, he actually was a solid two for 42. This week, two for 61. Sorry, the first week's four for 42. This week, two for 61. Um, if, you're, if you're going real deep, let's say you're in a league that rewards tight end production, you can play two of them. Who would you pick between the two Browns? Oh, man. I, I, I think... Njoku probably has like a little more upside, a better chance of scoring here. But Develve is your safer pick. If you need to get, if you told me, Jake, you need to get four points this week out of your tight end, I'd feel much more comfortable getting them from Develve yep. than Njoku. Um, and, you know, a final guy I got to throw in the mix, you know, as long as we're talking about Browns, Gary Barnage is a free agent. And I wouldn't be surprised if some team tries to at least work him out. I know he worked out with the Texans, nothing materialized there, but he's another watch list type guy. You don't add him while he's a free agent. But if someone does pick him up, you know, 6'6", 250. He's a nice body to throw out in the red zone. He, Barnage, I saw something on Twitter the other night. Barnage was talking to people about something to the effect of, would you rather do nothing and collect $100 or go play and uh, go work for a year and collect 125 It was something to do with his contract status. <laughs> so mm, he's kind yeah. of like, I, I got the impression that, I, and I read a little bit of the thread, not the whole thing. It made me look at it and go, hey, this guy's probably, you know, he, he almost seems like he might be happy kicking his feet up for a little while. But I'm not sure. Yeah, Maybe I, I mean, read the context. But he's 32, and we just talked about the longevity of tight ends. You know, if he wants to improve his chances of getting another contract in this league at any point, I don't know how much you know selling power he has outside of football. So you know, may, maybe there's an incentive, and maybe he waits to help, waits to see how things shake out and help a playoff team a little bit more. But he's at least got to be on the radar. We talked about a lot of scrubby, crummy names in this section, but he's at least got to be on the radar. We ran through them all for you, just because you know we're going to need options this week. Who were your favorite? two this week it's ingram and allen for me by by a pretty sizable margin those are the guys that you know in a normal week you'd be able to get with an eight to ten dollar bid uh you know i'm talking about a hundred dollar budget here but this week when everybody and their mother's looking for a tight end you're probably going to have to you know think about committing 20 percent of your budget all right right now gronk see the thing is i i go ingram dixon if i knew gronk was going to be out it would be allen 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Allen's someone that that is you know has that huge red zone presence anyway, and we haven't seen it so far. But I like that a little bit more. Yeah, maybe it's because he burned me last year when I invested so much in him, and that I have mm-hmm. a personal bias. Whatever. Okay. Um, defenses. If you look in the stream, you know you and I had a conversation. There's a team that's highly owned, but we mm-hmm. think people might forget about them a little bit. Right. Yeah. Ch- yeah. Checking in recently, the Green Bay Packers were 82 percent owned, which I found a little bit surprising. Uh, and I think that there's going to be some owners in your leagues that might kind of rage drop them after they gave up 34 points in <laughs> right. Atlanta. Now, it's not that it, it wasn't a negative day for a fantasy defense, but they gave up a lot of points and, and didn't really create turnovers. So, you know, someone might think, OK, I'm going to stream a better option. But you're not going to find a much better streaming option here. They get the sputtering Bengals at home, and then the next week they get the Bears on I believe what I believe is a short turnaround. And it looks like you know a lot of Packers in- injuries, a lot of Packers carnage. But their anchor, that defense, Mike Daniels, the defensive tackle, has had such a huge game week one. He's the most player on the the most important player on that defense by far. Excuse me. And uh, it looks like he's going to be all right. So he, the Packers are someone that if someone drops them, I would probably be looking to go after them. All right. The other streaming candidates, lower ownership percentages that we looked at, um, Steelers, 37% at Chicago, Jags, mm-hmm. 48% against the Ravens in London. By the way, remember, everybody, lineup setting, we've got a 9.30 a.m. Eastern game, um, Jags-Ravens, this Sunday. And uh, Eagles, 27% ownership against the awful New York football Giants. Um, who's your favorite of that group? I'd probably look at the Steelers based on what we see from the Bears, whether it's Glennon, whether they go to Trubisky at any point or whether they keep holding them out. I would go with the Steelers, Steve. It was weird. I think you're right. But after week one, even before week one, I thought the Bears were kind of a frisky upset pick. And I thought that this year they'd be one of those annoying teams. They wouldn't be good, but they keep games close. Yeah. You thought that was going to happen after week one with Atlanta. Right. And I thought after week one, I said, look, I was right. And then I saw this last game and they got torched. They were just terrible, and Glennon was awful, and it was just so bad. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, all right, one thing I want to go back to, the running backs. I didn't ask you to rank those. Who's your, of the, of the more widely available guys, who are you targeting right now? Well, I guess we toss out uh, Tarek Cohen because he's, you know, 85% owned. So I, if you can let me get away with it, I would still put Buck Allen at number one. He's mm-hmm. a little bit over 50% owned. And then after that, uh, I would go to Chris Carson because he is he is the man that's being used right now. And then after that, you know, you're you're looking at flyers at this point. So I would put Piran at the top of that list just because of what I think he's capable of doing, you know, towards the back half of the season. I agree with you on this order. Um, one thing to remember, Seahawks at Titans. I wonder if the Seahawks offensive revival might have to wait one more week. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable starting Carson in that matchup, but there's a lot of situations where right. where owners are going to have to. The Titans really, you know, it's funny. They they had that loss the first week to the Raiders, and they were such a trendy team. And mm-hmm. that first week, you looked and you went, oh no, that maybe you know they could be staring zero two at the face because they're going to Jacksonville, who looked better, and they really just took care of business in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strong. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Mariota didn't have the strongest completion percentage or the strongest fantasy game, but it was encouraging to see Derrick Henry step right in when DeMarco Murray was bothered a little bit by that hamstring injury and 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 play very effectively. So, And there's so many weapons there in Tennessee. I do like what they're doing long term. All right, everybody, listeners to our podcast and get a free de- free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That's what lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Jake, what else are you working on this week? 
I mean, all the NHL NBA content is available on rotowire.com. So helping people get started with that and uh, marketing that a little bit. Uh, if you're doing fantasy basketball or hockey, that's probably uh, one thing that you want to take a look at. Uh, you know, as you always say, rotowire.com slash pod gets you a free 10 day trial. Of course, college basketball and MMA are always in the back of my mind. But, you know, John, football's number one. Football's number one. That's right. What's Mario doing with his uh, film study? Is he, right? is he done yet? Has he watched every snap of every game yet? It's Tuesday you know, morning already. I, he, he's been hidden in a dark room here for the last, you know, 48 hours by my count. So I think he's going to emerge with some content here pretty soon. Nice. Uh, unshaven, you know, stinky. But he's, in, he's buried mm-hmm. in a room watching every snap for every game just for you, everybody. Yes. So. He does the work so you don't have to. Exactly. All right. Uh, if you like this podcast, we always ask you, please uh, leave a review and a rating wherever you're listening. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Fanball. Our next episode is going to be coming up Thursday, Thursday morning. Tim Heaney and I are going to preview week three. So come on back and check it out. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.